God has plans for you. He's going to make sure that you are around (laughs) to fulfill not just your destiny, but it's the people that you're going to reach. That was Madonna Hannah. And you might wonder why she has such a cheerful attitude, even through the hard times. Well, stay tuned. I'm Yvette Walker, the host of the Positively Joy podcast, where we discover that joy is not a feeling, it's faith. You can find previous episodes at PositivelyJoy.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. However you found yourself here, you are welcome, and I believe it was truly God-destined. We are in Season 3, and this season has taken the podcast into the vantage point of what joy is. I'd like you to listen to each episode this season through the lens of how Jesus Christ defines joy. John chapter 15 verse 11 reveals this when Jesus tells us to keep the Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Enjoy, and I pray you receive the message the Father has for you. Today we're talking to Madonna. No, not that Madonna, but Madonna Hannah, who has had a brush with death, not once, but three times. And God has pulled her through every time because he was not done with her. A motivational speaker and senior athlete, Madonna says anything is possible. Here's her story. Hi, Madonna. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Why, thank you, Yvette. I'm so glad to have been invited as a guest. Well, when I heard your story, and you know, as you may recall, I, I said, wow, tell me more. <laughs> because uh, I think it's going to be really, really interesting to talk about today. Also, for uh, the listeners, I think they'll get a lot out of it. Uh, and, and just your introduction, just your titles, plural, uh, are fascinating. And so I would love to get into this today. Obviously, your motivational speaking, the fact that you are a retired fashion marketing instructor, and presently, you are an amateur competitive sprinter. So I hope that we can get touch on a little bit of all of those today, because all of that's interesting. But I know what we're really going to get into is how God has worked in your life and the fact that he has stepped in, not not one, not two, but three times to dramatically save your life. And so that alone, I think, is going to be worth the cost of admission today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Hold on to your seat. <laughs> How you have phrased that is so correctly, at the age of eight, I developed uh, a streptococcal infection in my neck, and it came about from drinking unpasteurized milk while I was visiting with some relatives in the South who lived in a very rural, (laughs) very rural area. And at first, family members thought I just had a bee sting on my neck, but as I returned to my home in Boston, Massachusetts, I should have backed up and said that I was uh, visiting from Boston, Massachusetts to uh, South Carolina. What 
everybody thought was a bee sting kept getting larger and larger and larger and larger. Mm. My mother eventually took me to a doctor and being a child, I didn't understand. But I remember the doctor saying, take her to the hospital now. It has turned gangrene. And and all I knew was green, you know, gangrene, green, you know, the color <laughs> green. Right. My mother, of course, took me immediately to the hospital as a child. I didn't understand the urgency. Everybody was waiting for me. And my, as I found out later, my mother was told to prepare for my funeral. Wow. That the odds of me living were extremely, extremely slim because of the infection, you know, having turned gangrene. And my mother was a very young mother. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's hard news to get that you've got to go home and tell your husband that we've got to make funeral plans for our child. Our, our eight-year-old child, even, even that. Yes. Obviously, I came through. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sometimes we're thinking about how worthy we are and why are we here. I've got to think back to, okay, that was the first thing, God, that you said, okay. Mm. In between that time and the next time, I just want you to know and your listeners to know that I was bullied because of the color of my skin. My parents moved us to a very conservative white town outside of Boston, and I was teased a lot. And sometimes I would ask God, like, okay, you saved my life (laughs) so I could be the only black kid. Excuse me, I was colored at the time. So I could be the only colored kid in this all-white class. (laughs) And there were only three colored children in this entire elementary school. So I I had to talk to God a few times about that. Madonna, just quickly, is this still in Boston? Yes. Okay. The next time God spared my life, I was an adult. It was November 14th, 1987. I'm a fashion marketing instructor who is carpooling with the culinary instructor at for a vocational school in Bremerton, Washington. Mm. So we have fast forwarded. We are on our way to work. We had driven together for seven years. And that day was the last time that we were going to be riding together. It was overcast. It was the the road conditions were icy. For anybody who is familiar with Washington State and the Tacoma area, there is a very famous bridge, the uh, Narrows Bridge. We had crossed the Narrows Bridge. and. All I know is we were in the left lane 
the the culinary instructor was a little impatient with the card that was in front of us and he was clicking his blinker so that the car would move from the left lane to the right lane which it eventually did mm. i turned my head to follow the car moving from one lane to the next and i heard the driver say i wonder why that car was driving so slow and I sarcastically said, well, maybe because they want to be safe. And then I heard the driver say, why is that truck stopped? Yvette, from the time it took me to turn my head from looking at the vehicle that had moved over to look forward, I knew we were going to hit a stopped semi-truck. Oh, my goodness. At at the time, I, I thought, oh, okay, we're, we're, we're just going to tap the truck and I'm going to have to do all the talking because the culinary chef was a little, he was kind of an emotional guy. I heard him say, oh God. Then he put his foot on the brake. We went into a full spin. Everything to me was in slow motion, but not to the witnesses who were watching. When we came out of the spin, we had picked up speed. We were maybe going 80 or 90. And I knew that we were both going to die because we were going too fast. And that, and we were going to hit this standing semi-truck. We'll get back to the story in just a short break. Here's a special shout out to a new Patreon supporter. I know she doesn't want me to say her name, so I'll just give her initials SP, but she has always been a big supporter, certainly emotionally, now financially of the show. And so I just want to thank her so much. And if you want to know more about supporting the show through Patreon, just go to my website, PositivelyJoy.com and click on support and you can learn about how to give in various different levels and get some free merch. Thank you, SP. The witness's account was that our vehicle, a lightweight El Camino, went underneath the back axle of the semi. We came out on the right side and spun around two and a half times and wound up behind the semi-truck. I did not know at the time that the driver had died instantly. The culinary instructor? Yes. Yes. He oh, wow. had died instantly. The I was out. Um, the vehicle was a pancake. It, 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 it was a pancake. It was, it was just flattened. Um, I mean, I just, I mean, it was, yeah, it was flat. Words, words fail me. I mean, all I'm, I'm thinking, so you're telling me this story and I'm thinking, were you, 
did you unknowingly slide down in your seat? Like, how did it not decapitate you? Or how did it not, you know? Well, see, this is where the miracle of God comes in. (sighs) The seatbelt law for Washington State went into effect January 1st, 1987. The driver's vehicle, passenger seatbelt was very loose. (laughs) You know, I was joking, like, this is loose. (laughs) This thing doesn't work, you know. And so, you know, I did belt it, but it it, it was loose. So that turns out to be miracle number one. When the... When the driver went into a spin, the car went under the back axle at an angle. Oh. See, these are all little things I'm finding out. And Yvette, I knew we were going to die. I knew we were going to die. And I remember saying to God, (laughs) Please make this quick. I don't want to be in pain and just laying out here on Highway 16 knowing that I'm dying. <laughs> that's, that's what I said to God. Wow. And the next thing I know, everything's dark and ill. Um, something else that the... The doctors, the surgeons who were stitching me up said that I went forward so fast. It was, Yvette, I think there was a guardian angel that wasn't listening to me when I said, okay, you know, I don't want to be in pain. I know I'm dying. I swear to you that there was a guardian angel that just shoved me down so fast that as the vehicle was passing under the uh, truck and then the back axle that I was just, just so flat, you know, that, that, and, and, you know, I'm not going to go into all the gruesome um, details, but as at, at at some point, some debris hooked on to my scalp, tore it forward, amongst amongst other things, and I, even the state patrolman at the hospital. You know, they had called my husband at his job. Your wife is on the way to Tacoma General. There's been this accident. The state patrolman, I heard him say things to my husband. He he said, there's things here that just don't add up. Mm. They just don't add up. And I have to believe that when your time is not up and God still has things for you to do, he will make a way because this was not my day to die. 
It was not. I was out of school for the rest of the school year, did not return to that particular school. I had five years of physical therapy. I had occupational therapy because I had to learn how to do, you know, simple things over again. And the fact that I had played tennis for about, you know, 10, 15 years helped my back because the doctor said that I went forward so quickly that if that if my muscles had not had any elasticity to them, my muscles would have popped away from the uh, from 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 my spine. They would have just popped away. So if you can just imagine your spine, how the muscles connect to the spine, mm-hmm. they just boom, 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 boom. Wow. Wow. So you did have pain. Obviously, you had a lot of rehabilitation, a lot of therapy. Like you said, there had to be something more. I mean, he wouldn't let you suffer if he didn't have plans for you. So tell me what happened after, after you know, you spent these years basically trying to get back to where you were before. So the plan that God had for me, like I said, I did not go back to the school that I was teaching at in Bremerton. Mm-hmm. Instead, I started a fashion marketing program in Tacoma, where I live now. And that happened while I was, oh gosh, I was in such a deep depression because I I, I was a mess. I could not do anything for myself. And anybody who has been in a situation where you can't get out of a bed yourself, by, by yourself, you cannot sit on a toilet by yourself without assistance, you know, shower or take a bath where you, you just absolutely cannot do anything yourself. And, uh, and just, yeah, I, I just fell into a deep depression and never thought I was going to be me again. But a friend of mine, a friend of mine who, who called me one day, uh, she was living in California. She didn't like the sound of my voice. She, uh, flew up from California and she said, Madonna, this is not you. You still have things to do. You know people who will help you. You go ahead and start a new program at one of these vocational schools in Tacoma. There's two of them. You can do that. And of course, I'm, I can't do it. You know, I'm blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But that. God had lined everything up so that when I reached out to ask one of the vocational schools to allow me to create a program, it it happened. It happened in record time. It happened. Anybody who has who has worked with a school or you know you 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 know that you just Pro- programs do not spring up overnight. There's there's a lot of work and then there's funding and, and everything. Yeah, and you know, often a lot of red tape. Yes, a lot of red tape. 
Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. When I approached the school, they said, oh, oh, okay, we will consider it. But, you know, we've got to, you know, go to the powers that be. Well, I happened to have known one of the powers that be and told him that I was going to switch schools and whatever. And he said, whatever you need. And this power down in the big city that, that takes care of, you know, the superintendent's office of the state, he was the one who was in charge of the funds and approving new programs. The supervisor that I spoke to at at the vocational school said, Madonna, I've never seen anything like this before. Usually it takes about six months for a year to get approval. You were approved in three weeks. And he's looking at me like, who the heck do you know? (laughs) Who who do you know? Well, it it was God. And I put together a very successful fashion marketing program. Won't go into all of the things that God had planned that had happened, that had touched so many students. Eventually, I found out why I had to go through that car accident to transition to a place where God wanted me to be, where I could help so many more students. And I was blessed with awards, but I was able to help so many more students, students in disadvantaged areas, students with special needs, all through my fashion class and, and the fashion program. It, it was it was absolutely it was absolutely incredible. Now, while I was at this vocational school, um, I had developed tumors. <laughs> Some people thought I was pregnant, you know, because I just, you know, all of a sudden you're this very thin person with, 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 with these tumors. And I finally went to a doctor, my, my, my family doctor, who looked at me and said, Madonna, you have three tumors that I can feel. One of them is the size of a grapefruit. And the other two would be about the size of an orange. And he told me to call my husband because he was, you know, had to reach out for a surgeon to come on and and, 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 and get things done. And to make a long story short, I had an MRI, but they couldn't see what was going on because there were so many tumors. Mm -hmm. There were just so many of the tumors inside of, you know, I guess three big sacks. And boy, when I was on the operating table, I, I caused a little bit of drama because once the surgeons went in, they realized that each of these huge tumors or sacks had their own blood supply. Oh, okay. Own blood supply feeding that tumor. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which meant this was my third brush with death. I was in the process of dying because of all the blood loss. Mm -hmm. My blood pressure started dropping. 
And then there's a series of things that they do to keep you alive. I had signed off that I did not want a blood transfusion. So here I am laying in the operating room in the process of dying. (sighs) The doctors could not get a hold of my husband to make the call to see if he would want me to have a blood transfusion. They had two phone numbers, could not get a hold of him. Mm -hmm. So the doctors had to make the call, which was my call. And uh, my family physician happened to have been in the operating room because he, you know, because I'm I'm told that sometimes in when you have operations like this, you need an extra pair of hands to move organs. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm sure that he was just thinking, I'm sure he was praying, God, don't let anything happen to Madonna on my watch. And he told everybody that I was a strong person and I would get through this. Once again, I was on my way out (laughs) and God stepped in again. And once I was well enough, I eventually left the school that I was at and went back to the school district in in Bremerton. They had always wanted me to come back. Mm -hmm. It was nine years since I had been gone from that school district. And there was an opportunity for me to return and... Once again, God had me doing a lot of incredible things for students, for the special needs students out there. I also created anti-bullying projects and an anti-swearing project. The uh, One of the anti-bullying projects, I received uh, acknowledgement from First Lady Hillary Clinton, uh, And the anti-swearing project, I received a letter of recognition from um, First Lady Laura Bush. Now, while I was at the vocational school in Tacoma, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my husband and I put together a mentoring program where the fashion students mentored his students and... One day I received a call from the White House. That's not something you <laughs> normally do at school. I'll tell you, when I answered the phone, hello, Mrs. Hannah, Bates Technical College, you know, uh, Mrs. Hannah, uh, this is the White House. What? I mean, I went down to my knees. My knees went weak and my students were there. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, the mentoring project that my husband and I had put together, my husband, late husband, Stephen, um, had been nominated for a point of light uh, uh, from uh, uh, President uh, Herbert Walker Bush. And there's a series of investigations and research that, 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 that have to go through, uh, you know, to, to, to get you through that process. When I look back, <laughs> you know, and I think about, the car accident, and then I think about almost dying on on an operating table and thinking about 
the projects that I created to to help build the self-esteem in uh, low-income children when when I was in Tacoma and then in Bremerton, the kids with special needs, and then to come up with a project to ask high school kids not to swear (laughs) in the classroom or any other place in school and, and, and to be able to receive that kind of recognition for for doing something that God had guided me to, something I never thought I would do. But when God has plans for you, he's going to make sure that you are around <laughs> to fulfill not just your destiny, but it's the people that you're going to reach. Yes. You may know like 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 I do, that 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 the talents that God gives to us, they're not for us. Those talents are for us to share with people so that as we cross their path, they are touched, they are inspired, they are empowered, they are uh, uh, motivated by what we give to them. I have thought several times that, oh my gosh, if I had passed away, then this student would not have had this opportunity to do this or that. Or yeah. I wouldn't have been to, to have touched the life of this student who now has this incredible career. Uh, it's, it's, mind-boggling to, I mean, first first of all, as teachers, that's what we do anyway. That is our job, to inspire students and and motivate them. But when you think about not being in the life of a specific student who needed your particular skills, your guidance, the the students that, for anybody who's teaching, yes, you know those students that you're going like, oh my gosh, (laughs) oh my goodness. And then you realize that you made an impact in their life and they needed you in order for them to move on to what they were going to do and how they're going to help other people. Mm. As I'm listening to yeah. this, I am I am almost seeing like it's your own personal version of it's a wonderful life. If you yeah. had not been there, then yeah. so many of these people would not have gone on to live the lives that they went on to live. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and that was the next thing that I, that I was going to bring up that Frank Capra movie. Yes. Yes. And that often, that often comes back to me, you know, to think about that and to also share that with other people, especially, especially kids. Because uh, like I, I I did teach high school and I've also taught adults and teenagers at the at the same time in the same classroom. You know I, I I think that I think that everybody needs to know that whatever talent or skill that they have because sometimes people don't see their own self worth 
and they think, oh, well, I don't know how to do anything or I, you know, how am I going to help people? God gave you a talent (laughs) and there's something that you can do to help inspire people to, 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 to move them forward. And sometimes if you have like a really nice smile and a pleasant voice and you say hello to somebody, the day that you said hello to them and gave them that smile might be the day that changed their life forever because they were so down or think about a time when you just reached out to somebody and said something and they said, Oh, thank you. That's what I needed to hear. To me, that is a blessing from God through you. Your gift now is through witnessing that or now through witnessing what happened to you, you're able to share with people that, you know, yes, Keep triumphing, go on, go on, because your life makes a difference. But my question to you is, when you were in the midst of all of that, so let's not even talk about when you were a little girl. Let's let's talk about the two as an, as an adult. The years of incredibly painful rehabilitation, and then the 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 emergency surgery. What you and you at this point, you didn't have that lesson perhaps, maybe, maybe not fully ingrained in you. How did you get through that and cling to God? Because that I think is where a lot of people, uh, and especially in this generation, cannot understand that he's there with us. So when you were going through this at the time, how did you still cling to him? When I was going through the misery of the healing for the car accident, I'm not going to lie. I was angry at God. Mm -hmm. I was angry because I lived and I was going through excruciating pain. I cannot even describe to people the pain when wearing a lightweight garment is painful. When the first time I sneezed, oh my gosh, I just thought I was going to die because of all the muscles that are involved in a sneeze. I spent months being angry because I was not the energetic go-getting me. I looked different. I was, I, w- I was angry. The turning point was my friend who flew up from took a day off from work, flew up from California. I'm going to say she was a guardian angel because that was a pivotal point for me. Madonna, this is not you. Mm-hmm. You have things to do. You have things to do. And, and there are resources out there. Do it. Do it. And there was another there was another thing too. I was visited by angels who told me everything was going to be all right and Jesus had plans for me. And I was I was in such a terrible mood. 
I was taking seven kinds of medication and I was still in pain. And it was, oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, your, your, mind, your mind is just framed like that. How am I ever going? To, you and, and I know what you're saying about when people go through things. They don't ever think that they're going to get through it because when you are in it and that moment day after day and you are not able to do what you had done before to be to, you know to get up do things for yourself uh not be not look like the hunchback of Notre Dame you know because before anybody could do you know before I could have any physical therapy at all all of the swelling and things had to heal and then go down before they could, you know, do anything to, you know, get me to become even more mobile. And with the emergency surgery for the, uh, oh gosh, all those tumors, I was bedridden again because I did not have the energy. Mm-hmm. I didn't have energy because I had lost so much blood. And people don't realize that when you have very, very low blood pressure, you just don't, you just don't have the energy to do any simple little thing. That time around, I said, well, okay, I've got my mind, <laughs> you know, and not able to use my body, but I've got my mind. And I can start to think of things to do. I can I, 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 I can read. I know I'm going to get through this. I found a way to enjoy, you know, being being able to just rest. I do have an A personality type, so it was hard. But there was nothing that I could do because my body said, we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. We're not doing anything. We're not. And my body said that to me. We're not going anywhere. We're staying right here. Okay. You 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 surrendered to that, and you know that God got plans for me because I remembered that from the car accident. <laughs> you know, like okay, God, <laughs> you spared me again. This is the third time. I know you've got some big plans for me. You know. <laughs> That was that was my frame of mind. Oh, I know you got something good. <laughs> and so, so let's and talk he, about those plans. Let's talk about those plans. So you're doing some mighty stuff now. Um, let's talk about what you're doing now. What I'm doing now, um, actually, at at the age of 57, which was 10, 10 years ago, woke up one day and decided I wanted to run 100 meters. It was it was something that had been nagging, that had been nagging at me. Never ran track in my life, no prior experience. I can look back on it now, and I know that that was God, that that was God's plan. God telling me, go run 100 meters. Your listeners are probably thinking, why? <laughs> <laughs> and why 100 yeah. meters? Why not the 50? Like, why 100? It's, well, my my husband just happened to be a, a, a track coach. <laughs> he had track experience. And he said, okay. I entered the Washington State Senior Games not expecting to win. I just thought 
I will run as fast as I can in a straight line because these women I'm competing against have, have been, you know, competing since middle school, high school, phys ed teachers, whatever. I won the 50 and I won the 100 meters. Wow. Incredible. Then people were like, yeah, people were like, hey, compete again and you can compete in nationals. Nationals? Wait a minute. I just did this on a whim. Competed again, qualified for nationals. I'm like, oh my gosh. Went to nationals. My husband and I went, went to nationals. I placed ninth <laughs> overall, <laughs> like in the nation in my age group. Like, what? <laughs> then I was placed on a, asked to be on a four by 100 relay team. Uh, you know, well, okay. You know, they were, they were down one and, you know, and I could run in a straight line really fast. But then they realized that I didn't have any relay experience and I had to be taught in less than 15 minutes <laughs> what, 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 what to do in order to compete. And these were world-class ladies, world-class ladies. And, 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 and in less than 15 minutes, I was able to help the team to a bronze medal. <laughs> this stuff is crazy. But 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 it's but it's 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 the will of God. Then I then I competed again, ruptured my Achilles, and 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 was told, well, because of your age, because like I'm in my early 60s now. Well, because of your age, you're never going to be able to run again, you know. Mm-hmm. And well, okay, ha- had the surgery, went into rehab. A few years later, competed again, won won two gold medals, and then was eligible to compete again nationally. During that time, my husband had like his third bout of of, of cancer, and he was he wouldn't have been able to go to the nationals with me in, in, in 2019. And just a series of how God how God's timing is. My husband passed away in November of 2018. Uh, we had a reverse mortgage, which which means you know I'm out. You know he had the reverse mortgage. I'm 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 younger than him, but I had a friend who was in real estate who took care of it for me. My sister, who has a degree in personal finance, took care of that for me. It was like God had everybody lined up that I would need to help me to get through this period of my husband's passing. It it was it was it was as if God said, Madonna, I got this. And he did. Bing, 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 bing. My house went up on the market like on a Wednesday in the middle of January 2019. On a Saturday, excuse me, on a Saturday, the house was sold. The house was sold. There were 85 people who came. The real estate agent never had a chance to rest. And he <laughs> called me and said, and said, Madonna, we've got three offers. What do you want to do? <laughs> you know, okay. But, but come on, that is God's timing. That is yeah. God's coming. And my sister negotiated down my husband's, you know, 
bills with 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 the creditors and then when the house closed the very next day i was able to give people their 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 money and then what i needed was a track coach <laughs> i had <laughs> interviewed two other boomer coaches but the coach that i finally wound up with is a millennial. So I went, I re, when I retired, I was teaching millennials. Now a millennial is teaching me. <laughs> I never, I never would have met this coach if I had not ruptured my Achilles because the woman who was my physical therapist, who did a wonderful job, cause I'm back racing again. She had a friend, world-class athlete, uh, who, coaches, sprinters, but she was not able to coach me. So she referred me to a world-class, <laughs> to a world-class elite sprinter who, uh, you know, is doing this as, as a favor. And I remember the first day that we met, got out the car at the same time. I knew who he was, tall, kid dressed in his sponsorship clothes and he was on the phone as millennials are <laughs> and and I just knew he was saying to his friend like you know man yeah I gotta yeah I'm 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 supposed to meet this old lady you know to uh be her uh, track coach yeah man she's old you know because mm -hmm. he's used to you know coaching you know like high school <laughs> or, or or college but he was told that he was going to be coaching um, an older woman. <laughs> and then, well, when he met me, he, you know, he was just kind of surprised that I didn't look the way he thought I was going to look or move the way he thought I was going to move because he had this preconceived notion. And that's important because we had preconceived notions about each other because I'm thinking, oh, a millennial. Yes, I know this guy is a blankety blank time all American <laughs> NCAA champion, went to Oregon, you know, track town, Pac 12 champion, uh, just, just, you know, and, but still, <laughs> you know, the misconception about millennials. <laughs> and, and he had had a misconception about boomers because, because he thought that I was not going to listen to him even though he was the expert and I was older, but that didn't happen at all. You know, we, we are able to <clears throat> assist each other. And when I found out that he wanted a, to have a brand of his own, I said to myself, surprise, surprise, a professional athlete who wants his own brand, you know, being in the fashion industry, it's like, who doesn't want their own brand? But because I had worked in the fashion industry, I said, you know, I can help you out. I'll put together a marketing plan for you. And that's what I did. It was like 21 pages. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I thought I was going to get something that was one or two pages. But when something is your line of work, and remember what I said before about the talents that you have and how you are able to help someone out mm -hmm. and, and hear I am matched with a millennial world-class athlete who, who says, well, yes, I, you know, I need some marketing help with whatever. And then boom, you know, you start to think that 
going back to 10 years ago when I had this overwhelming, uh, I'm going to say, invitation from God to run 100 meters, <laughs> you know, because you don't know where, where, where it's going to go. And then I'm having success at it. And then I thought, well, maybe I was supposed to meet him and give him a marketing plan. And as we talked about before the show, he um, <clears throat> he had an opportunity to compete in the recent track and field trials to to, to be on the, uh, uh, the the U.S. Olympic team. And after five years of training, one month before. For the trials in Eugene, he developed a situation with his knee and uh, was off the tour, then uh, had healed up enough so that he could compete. He was on his way to Eugene, Oregon with his coach when his agent called and said, uh, you're not going to compete. You're out. And, you know, for for a young person like that to go a high, you know, to go from a high like that yeah. to, to a low. Yeah. And it was, you know, but we've got the car pack, you know, coach and I are on our way to Eugene. <laughs> Come on. Uh, he reached out to me. He told me. And uh, he also had to make the official statement. Then a couple of days later, he texted me and he said, Somebody dropped out and I'm in. <laughs> wow. and, and that that was the day before. That was the Thursday before the big competition on Friday, June, June 18th. And I had had tickets <laughs> and, you know, to, to yeah, I got to go see my coach. And then I thought, oh, well, now I'm going to have to sell my tickets. But, but God just timed it <laughs> so that I wouldn't have to sell my StubHub tickets. And for me to be there, um, I'm glad that he had the opportunity. He did not move on, but he had the opportunity to be out there on the track yeah. to do what to, to you know to at least fight, be out there. Yes, he's going to you know, need to work, work on his knee and he's going to be healthy and, and stuff, but to be able to be there to support him. And, and I also thought about, okay, yes, of course, he's not a happy camper, but I thought about being a blessing, me being a blessing to him because he's not only going to you know, make adjustments, you know, the adjustments that he needs to make because he is a professional athlete, you know, before he uh, moves into his season again. Uh, but he has this opportunity to help me. You mm. know, he, he, has the, he has the heart of the champion and people also need to know that when you are going through something, when you are going through a disappointment, instead of having a pity party, oh, poor me, help someone. When you help someone when you're 
down or you're disappointed or something has happened, like me being a widow, you know, there are people that I have reached out to and, and assisted. And now in the case of my track coach, Marcus, yeah, this is this 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 is a devastating thing for for a young man. But he's reaching out and he's helping me. He's he's still participating in a sport that he loves and he eventually does want to become a coach and here I am, you know, this boomer widow <laughs> that he stepped in to help and uh, we, we've been working together for, for two years, and this will be our first full race that, that he's coaching me for because, you know, COVID got in the way of, you know, last, last year and, and, uh, our, our first full race together of him being my coach. But I thought what an absolute blessing from God, because just going back 10 years ago, to, you know, having God put it on my mind, go race, Madonna, go race. And now fast forward to 10 years later, being in this young man's life at a devastating time. Yeah, he's going to get over it. You know, it becomes part of your life story. Yeah, I tried out. You know, In fact, this was his second time trying out for the Olympics. And he's going to try out again in the 2024 Olympics. But I, I, I just thought, well, you know, God has this opportunity for him to coach and to coach someone who is a, a, a widow, somebody, you know, with, with an extraordinary track story like me. Because yeah. the only reason I had been winning, it was because it was God's will for me to participate and to win, because why else would I be able to beat women <laughs> who've been doing this all their lives? And here <laughs> I come. So true. Well, I want to yes. make sure that everyone listening um, gets to to know more about you and also uh, know how to reach you. So where can we find you online, your website, and uh, are there any resources that you'd like to share with the audience? My website is dropkickthedrama.com. <laughs> I love that, by the way. Oh, when you teach other people's high school, you know, teenagers, yeah, <laughs> dropkick the drama. My Instagram, where they can follow me and my coach, is, of course, you know, Instagram at Madonna, fit, fast, and fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> my Facebook is Madonna. B, middle initial B like boy, Hannah, H-A-N-N-A. I had no idea there were so many Madonna Hannahs out there. I thought I was the only one. But you got to put that B in there. So it's Madonna, B, Hannah. And my email address, madpassion2001 at yahoo.com. Excellent. 
Madonna, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Uh, I have enjoyed uh, listening to really to your life story, but especially those life lessons that you now are able to share with others about um, about hanging in there and, and about not having the pity party and about how God has has interceded in such incredible ways in your life. And so I just want to thank you for sharing that with us today. It was my pleasure and it was a blessing, <laughs> you know, it was me being a blessing to others. And I hope that somebody who was listening, and I know that somebody who was listening needed to hear what I had to say so that they can move forward to achieve their goals. Mm, amen. Amen. Well, keep on being fit, fast, and fabulous. I know you will. <laughs> you got it, Carol. Yeah. All right. You take care. Thank you. I will. You too. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy today. Go to PositivelyJoy.com for inspiration, encouragement, and past episodes. Follow the podcast and review and subscribe wherever you go for podcasts. Don't forget to check out our cool merchandise with our new logo. And also on the website, go to the talk tab and leave us a message on what you love about Positively Joy and what you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Bye for now.